0: Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Eddick, and today I'm joined by a man who also believes that the phone has to eat first, Ben O'Brien. How are you doing today?
1: Oh, Trevor, I want to make it very clear. I think it's the dumbest concept ever, but it's fun to make fun of those people. So in that aspect, sure, I, I absolutely believe that. Um, but Trevor, you were cooking up something nice last night. I'm glad you. I'm glad you did take a picture of that because it looked pretty good. I, I'm kind of. I'm kind of jealous. Was it, was it like nachos, loaded nachos, something like that? I saw some jalapenos on there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I had some loaded nachos, and you know, Ben, when you have when you have some good food that you cook up, you're proud of it. You got to share it with the world. You know, you're like, oh, I just made this. I just made this food. It looks so good. I'm gonna share it with a couple people. You know, before I take a bite, it's just. It looks that good. I don't obviously. I don't do it every time, but when it's something that looks really good, you just got to, you know. Well, no, I, I totally I get that.
1: I totally get that. Again, you worked hard on that. You, you you deserve the reward of people being jealous that you're eating it and they're not. I totally get it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess that's a drawback. You know, you make make people jealous. Uh, but you know, I, I, you know, you, you can, I could teach you how to make it if you, if you ever want to know, like, I mean, not that it's hard, it's, it's pretty simple actually, but they were very good. The nachos were very good in case anyone was wondering.
1: Ah, good. Um, how long did it take you to make those? Did it take a while or was
0: it pretty simple? No, not at all. Just, you know, you put some, I always get the, the Tostito scoops. Those are the go-to, um, always get the scoops. That's, I don't know, since I was, I don't know when the scoops came out, but Probably since they came out. I we've been getting them when I was, I don't know, seven, eight years old. Who who knows when they came out? But get the scoops, uh, just whatever kind of cheese. I mean, cheddar is probably the go-to, but you know, whatever kind of cheese you like, some chicken or you could do steak. You know, you could do there's a number of things you could do. I just do chicken, then some jalapenos, pop it in the oven. Uh I I preheated to like three fifty and then like I don't know, like eight to ten minutes. And then it comes oh, out, man. and you could put salsa or whatever you like. If you like lettuce and tomato, I don't really like that, but if you do, you can do that. And yeah, there you have your nachos. So really, it takes I don't know like fifteen minutes. Doesn't take long at all.
1: Sounds fantastic, man! Especially when you put it in the oven and you get like that. Cri- like those those chips get nice and crisp. Like oh oh yeah, that sounds so good.
0: Absolutely. So well, we have a very exciting podcast for you guys today. Uh, Brandon is not joining us. Um, he's 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 out of game. I uh, gets to I think see his Ravens today, so we'll see how they can do. Really good game, by the way, Ravens Bills. We'll talk about that maybe a little bit later. Um, but today we have a number of topics. I mean, the NBA Ben is only 16 days away. Uh, from starting. Uh, the opening the opening day is October 18th, so we have 16 days, and we did have media day last week. So I'm just gonna mention a, a couple storylines real quickly. Um again we'll we'll go more in depth with like NBA preseason stuff, probably uh two weeks from now. Um, but today just brief like media day stuff. There's a couple things I want to mention. The first of which is Patrick Beverly and his media day. Um it was very funny, you know. He gave some good comments. I don't know uh how true they were, but you know, as most people probably know, Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook, who now are both on the Los Angeles Lakers, They've had, you know, a little bit of a beef, a little bit of a, you know, didn't really like each other over the years. And Patrick Beverly is saying that they're best friends now, which is news to me. And I think is news to most people as, uh, you know, Patrick Beverly in the past has been quoted as saying on the J.J. Reddick podcast that Russell Westbrook basically ruined his career when Russell Westbrook would go to the media and talk about how, like, Oh, Pat Bev trick y'all like he's really not doing anything out there. He's just like running around and uh, You know trying to irritate people and stuff like that and obviously, you know, Ross at least seems like he, he Was never really a big fan of Pat Bev, but Beverly said they're good friends. They were trained together Um, he told a story about how they they went on a boat ride and they lit some candles and they had like a nice little dinner. They had their chefs come out and make them a dinner. I I don't really buy this story part. I think he's just trying to entertain the the media, but very very interesting there to see. We'll, we'll actually see this season how that relationship uh, plays out. The second thing I want to mention, uh, you know, just really more the Brooklyn Nets drama. Um, the biggest takeaway here for me was Sean Marks saying that uh, you know, Kevin Durant was was. Pretty much always going to be a Brooklyn net. There wasn't really um, a point where, or actually, what he said was, if he, if Kevin Durant really wanted to leave, he would have left. Which I don't fully buy because to me, there, there was just no trade options for Kevin Durant. He demanded the trade, but there were no options. I mean, the Nets weren't going to give him up unless they got like a really significant star back, and it was pretty obvious that no team was willing to do that. So I don't, I don't believe Sean Marks here. Um, I think Kevin Durant just had no option to leave, really, um, and that's why he's still here, ultimately, and then they're just they're trying to play nice for now, and we'll see how that progresses, and then the last and final thing is James Harden. James Harden saying that he dropped 100 pounds, I think definitely a little over-exaggeration there, but he does seem like he's in good shape. Um, I think, finally, James Harden, um, you know, I, I think a basic part of a job, if you're an NBA player, is to stay in shape, right, Ben? I mean, well, I I mean yeah. I would I would think that you you know that would be a basic part of your job. It seems like James Harden is finally realizing that that's a baseline part of his job is to stay in shape. So it's good for James Harden. I don't know if we should give him a pat on the back for that, but he's he seems to be in pretty good shape now. So good for James Harden, I guess. I I don't know. What I mean, do you think about that, Ben?
1: I guess again it's one of those things it's like this dude's been in the league for like over 10 years, right? If he's just not realizing that you got to be like be in shape to like play better, then I'm worried that I'm worried for his knowledge of, of basketball because I we should not be like rewarding him because he got in shape. You see literally like half the league every year comes back and goes, I'm in the best shape of my life or I I'm you know, look how how different I look this year compared to last year. I'm mean, looking at Zion. People made a big deal about how Zion looks this year. Um I just I'm I'm over the whole James Harden thing. Like I, I've never liked him that much. Um I think he the way he plays bothers me. And if, if he's wants to be rewarded for getting getting in shape, like good for you, you're making a lot of money. Um, I will gladly I will gladly get get in shape, and make a lot of money like like he is. So it is what it is. It's Whatever.
0: Yeah. So there's just a couple storylines I wanted to mention. Um, the other thing that's basketball basketball related that I wanted to talk about is we actually have two very interesting games this week. Um, for those who may not know, there is a player in France by the name of Victor Webanyama. Uh, he's an 18 year old playing in the French league. He's seven foot four without shoes, um, and he's the projected number one pick in the upcoming 2023 NBA draft. His uh, team in the French League is actually going to Las Vegas, and they're going to be playing the NBA G League Ignite um, in two exhibition games on Tuesday, October 4th, this Tuesday, two days from now, and Thursday, October 6th. Um, I believe the game on Tuesday is at 10 p.m. Eastern, not super ideal. And the game on Thursday is 3 p.m. Eastern, also not super ideal. But if you have you know, DVR like I do, and I've raved about how I uh, like DVR, probably uh, a little uh, weirdly. But those games are going on, and those games I'm super excited for because I haven't seen Victor play in a full game. I've only seen highlights, um, and it's clear that a lot of people have been hyping him up, talking about what his potential is. Um, but the G League Knight, they also have a very good prospect of their own by the name of Scoot Henderson. Scoot Henderson is a six foot two guard, I believe also 18 years old. And I think right now in a lot of mock drafts being projected as the number two pick in the 2023 NBA draft. So this is an opportunity for you to kind of watch the, what could be the top two picks in the next year's NBA draft. I believe both of these games are going to be on ESPN two. So really, I'm just very excited to watch these games. I mean, it, it's it's not super often where we have this opportunity to see games like this. Um, I mean, we never got to see it with like Luca. Like, it w- how how amazing would it have been, Ben, to see Luca playing like an exhibition game in the United States, like before he got drafted? Like, wouldn't that have been something? No, it would have been awesome, and, and yeah, it's like one of those things. I mean, he's in
1: France. So he, this like we, the the American media has had no exposure to this dude. And I guess. In today's world, like we have this thing called the internet, so you can always watch highlights of this dude. Um, but I, I'm excited. I mean, I, Again, like playing against French competition is a lot different than playing against American competition. One, in just the style of play, but two, also, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but just the level of talent. Um, I would imagine that, yes, the, the French has a good league, but the G League players are, are, are very, very good players, and it's a different style of play. And the officiating is treated differently in America than in Europe, so... Um, absolutely a good experience for for both of these prospects, just in terms of being able to be on the floor with another top five NBA talent in terms of the the draft coming up next year. Um, I think there's a lot that you can learn from from these matchups and their exhibitions so they're not gonna take it 100 um, percent as serious as they would a game so I wouldn't I, you gotta take it with a grain of salt, but I do think that there are good things that can come from watching and breaking down how how these different players handle all the different um, I guess, effects of this game and, and all the different ways that this game could play out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They're going to be very interesting. Um, I'm sure we'll be talking a little bit more about it next week on the podcast, but let's move forward. Um, we have a couple really interesting storylines that happened yesterday in college football, and I think we got to start with this one, Ben. I mean, the Syracuse-Wagner game, Uh, the, the, the final score of this game was 59 nothing. However, what we found interesting was that uh both teams agreed to mutually um make it so the quarters were only 10 minutes long which I was not aware of this rule Ben so what are kind of some of your thoughts on this I mean it was basically a mercy rule thing and they played 10 minute quarters I believe for the last for the second half essentially I mean it's
1: it's funny but it's also so ridiculous like I feel like you shouldn't be allowed to do this um and I get it it's like we're just wasting our time um I mean, up It's a sixty-point game. Like, what's the point of playing I, at that point? Though, like, I'd maybe just cancel the whole second half. I mean, what's the if you're seriously just devaluing, um, the game at this point, you're just limiting how long you're gonna play. Like, at what at what point is it just like, well, let's just stop playing then? I've just never heard of this. I didn't know you could do this. My request is, can fans start doing this? Because as a Bowling Green fan, i I love my Falcons, but there have been many games where they're down by a lot of points specifically against like like Ohio State or like a big school where it's like, hey, can we just like end this game? Like just put me out of my misery. I, I'm tired of watching this. This hurts me. Uh, so I didn't know that this was a thing. And if this is going to be a thing, then maybe fans should be able to request this. I will say, I I do think it, in terms of like gambling, like what if that were, what if that, and it's a 60-point game, so I'd imagine, I would hope Syracuse covered the spread. But like, what if that is why like somebody loses a bet is because, they, two teams decide to end the game early, that's almost not fair. I feel like you should be refunded if you're, and I'm not a gambler and neither really are you, but I feel like that's that's where you start bringing in questions like, if teams are allowed to do this, what's going to stop some, some coach that has money on a game illegally from trying to get a game ended early because his team is covering the spread and he doesn't want to blow his, his lead or he's got the under and he doesn't want to score again. Again, coach shouldn't be doing that in the first place, but believe it or not, people do things that they're not supposed to do. Um, So that's my that's my second question. Obviously, we've never seen this happen, which means it doesn't happen rarely ever. But if people are now aware that you could maybe do this, I don't know, I just feel like you're opening up a door to possible corruption and possible um, or the possibility of people taking advantage of this role or this, I guess, opportunity to benefit themselves. So interesting situation. Again, I've never heard of it. I didn't even know this was a thing. I'm curious if like the NCAA some official has to like approve of this, or I, I don't I don't really know the requirements for it. I, sh- I feel like it shouldn't just be time out, Hey, you want to end this early? Sure. Like I feel like there's got to be a more formal process to like request to end a game early like this because it is kind of a big deal. But interesting situation. Um, I'd love this. I'd love to start see this happening more. I just think it'd be kind of funny. But I don't know, Trevor. What do you What do you think about it? I I I would imagine that you are just as surprised as me and just as curious to me as to what this means moving forward.
0: Yeah, I mean it's definitely very interesting. I think in regards to like any sort of like gambling or anything, now that this has happened, I mean uh, the fans sh- should kind of know that I guess this is a possibility. Now, at the same time, this is basically like ne- like I've never heard of this happening, so I-, I would anticipate like if this happened again this season, I I, I don't know if it will. I think this is a- such a rare thing for this to happen where both teams agree, and I do believe that. I don't know if it, I think they said that the referees also have to agree. So I think it's like the referee, yeah. the officials and both teams um, all have to agree. So I think those are kind of the circumstances there of, of this, of this actually happening, you know, setting in stone the 10 minute quarters. I mean, Syracuse was up 49 to nothing at halftime. So pretty appropriate there, I would say for this uh to happen. And I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it just because if you're, Uh, I mean, either a Syracuse or a Wagner fan. Like, why? What's the point of like playing the full the full time if the game's already forty nine to zero? I mean, I don't know. It's it's already a blow. There's no way that Wagner could possibly come back. So I don't know. It it is definitely an interesting story though, as I had not heard of it before. So we'll have to see. Um, well, we'll see if it happens again this season. I don't know. But we have um quite a few other interesting games. We have the Ole Miss Kentucky game. Ole Miss wins this 22-19. Um, Kentucky made a lot of mistakes. They had the fumble on the uh, the last drive of the game where they had an opportunity to either tie the game or take the lead. With under a minute left, the quarterback, Will Levis, uh, basically the defense forced a fumble when he was uh, dropping back the pass. I believe he had another fumble before that, so quite a few turnovers for Kentucky, um, especially late in this game. And Really, I mean— Uh, Kentucky just kind of beat themselves. It didn't seem like Ole Miss really went out and like beat Kentucky. It was like kind of just like Kentucky's just like making mistakes over and over again, and they really uh, blew the game. Uh, there. Uh, one other game that I wanted to mention also was um Clemson NC State, um which we we talked about this Ben, but Clemson wins the game thirty to twenty, and Clemson. I mean, Clemson fans might not want to call it storming the field but I, that's what it was they stormed the field ben uh, so absolutely I, I i obviously think this is ridiculous um but what did you think about that
1: i mean i've made it clear on this podcast before nothing like nothing bothers me more in terms of sports other than my team's losing than a a fan base storming the field and yes we're going to call this storming the field because that's what it is and clemson fans can defend it on twitter all they want but it's storming the field nothing bothers me more than when a team has no business storming the field and we've seen it a lot you see it a lot in college basketball where it's like, all right, that seems like a stretch. Like I don't know, storming the court, um, and I feel like in college football we're starting to see this more too now. I don't. This is like is becoming a trend that I'm not a fan of. Storming the field or storming the court. I, it's got to be a very special moment. It's got to be something that is is you know one of those like I cannot believe we won. This was awesome, a night to remember. And Clemson, the favorite at home against yes a top ten team, but a team that most people knew that they were better than. To me, does not qualify as you storming the field. It just to me, it's like almost like embarrassing. It's like really, like that's what we're gonna do. You were you are a touchdown favorite. Yeah, you win by ten. Congratulations, but you think that you like you think that's warrant of storming the field. So it just it bothers me so much. And again, Clemson fans are claiming that they do this every game. Doesn't matter if they're playing NC State or Alabama or if they're playing some FCS team that you've never heard of. They claim that they do this every game. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I'm not going to act like I know anything about Clemson football. Obviously, the fans would know more than I would. But right before we were preparing for this podcast, Trevor, I went and found... I remember Clemson hasn't lost a home game in a long time. But in 2016, I remember they lost to Pitt at home. So I went back and I watched that full game. or not? I didn't watch the full game, but I found the highlights of the full game, Trevor. And I went all the way to the end. And there is not one fan that I see uh, getting on the field after that game. And again, the 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 TV coverage stops, but... While they're interviewing the coaches, while players are leaving the field, I do not see one fan go onto that field after that game. So if they're claiming <laughs> that this has been a long-standing tradition, win, lose, or draw, we, we we meet at the Paul, we storm the field, or whatever they call it, we gather at the field, as they would say. I don't know how credible of, of a source that is. I don't know how much I buy that. Um, either way, it's embarrassing. If that's a tradition, it's a it's a lame tradition. And, I mean, if you want to look at the pictures, like I wouldn't call this gathering at the Paul. You have the entire stadium or a lot of the stadium covering up pretty much the whole field that's not a gathering that is to me to me that is the definition of storming the field so it bothers me i made it clear to you trevor i w- didn't really have an issue with, with clemson i think Dabo Swinney's annoying sometimes but hey i mean he's a guy i'd probably play for if i was if i was good enough to play for him um but this makes me hate them now i am full-on against clemson i hope they lose every game because if, if their <laughs> fans are going to justify them storming the field every game then i think it's absolutely ridiculous they have um they have. I have no desire to see them win. They don't deserve to win any game this season because it's just absolutely ridiculous. It triggers me more than it should. Um, but I'm going to remember this chip on my shoulder. I will. I will remember this moment, and I will be rooting against Clemson as hard as I've ever rooted against the team in college football moving forward.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, a, a favorite. If, if you're a favorite in the game, you should never be storming the field. I think it's ridiculous. Um, well, they're, but, gathering the Paul, they're, yeah. they're gathering at the Paw, Trevor. <laughs> they're gathering all, at the Paw. They're gathering at the Paw. All, all 40,000 of the <laughs> fans on that
1: field are gathering at the Paw, which is ridiculous.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, a couple others. Georgia, Missouri. Uh, this was a close one for Georgia. They almost lost. Uh, they didn't look great last week, and now again this week. Uh, they get a close victory against Missouri. They were down for a lot of this game. Uh, they did pull it off. Um, and then the other one I wanted to mention uh, is, is just talking about Kansas. I mean, Kansas won again. They're 5-0. and And they, next week, get to host College Game Day. Uh, college Game Day is coming to Lawrence, Kansas, for the first time ever, um, for football at least, next Saturday. They've hosted game day for college basketball 10 times, and this coming Saturday will be the first t- time that they've ever hosted for football. So uh, very interesting. What do you think about that, Ben.
1: I mean, good for them. Good for them. That, that's a program, a football program, that has had very few literal wins in the last couple of years. Um, they've had very few things to cheer about. I don't usually feel bad for them because they have a basketball program that I would I would kill to root for. Um, but good for them. I'm, I'm happy for Kansas football football team. They deserve more recognition. They, they do not get the recognition they deserve. I saw a video the other day of somebody basically doing a blind resume between them and Pitt. Um, and Kansas has... A significantly better resume than Pitt. It's not even close. It embarrasses Pitt's resume, but yet Pitt is ranked and Kansas isn't. So um, Kansas deserves more respect. I absolutely believe it. I think they they get hindered, or their reputation is hindered because of the the the, the idea of Kansas football. Um, I expect them to be ranked here when this AP poll comes out later today. Um, they're they're a good team from what I've seen. I haven't seen a lot of them, but they're they're a pretty decent team that they've obviously had some some pretty good wins um i'm happy for them i really am it's it's a big stadium i hope that they can continue to fill it this year i think at the very least their athletic department deserves a little bit of recognition for their football team so again i have no reason to hate them good for them i'm I'm happy for them
0: yeah absolutely kansas will be hosting tcu next saturday tcu by the way who beat um oklahoma who was ranked 55 to 24 talk about oklahoma uh you know if i'm if i'm making a yeah if i'm making a fraud power rankings which i told you yesterday Oklahoma would definitely be in the top three. I think it's Texas A&M number one, who also lost yep. yesterday. I think, no, I don't know, Notre Dame's still number two for me. Notre Dame lost to Marshall. They're two and two. They're number two. And Oklahoma, they're number three in the power the Fraud Power Rankings. So uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll make this a weekly thing, the Fraud Power Rankings, but those are my top three. Um, and yeah, those teams all should be disgusted with themselves, hopefully. Uh, well, I don't know. We'll see if they can bounce back, I guess. But we Anything should real quick,
1: Trevor. Is, yeah. Real just real quick. We should we should do a a, week, a weekly fraud power rankings. I think that'd be funny. Um. And two, you know who's not on that list? Who's not a fraud is our Bowling Green Falcons. Another win, two and three on the season. Bowl eligible this year. I can feel it. We only need four more wins to be bowl eligible for the first time since we we went to school there, Trevor. Um. I can feel it this year. Four more wins. That's all we need. Just four more wins, and it's a successful season. Um. Let's go. I'm fired up. Two wins is is yeah. more than. Two wins pretty much ties what they've done the last like six years. So I'm very happy that they have two wins at this point in the year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's hope for the best with Bowling Green. Uh, We will see how they do next week. Hopefully they can pick up another win, Um, but let's move on here. Uh, No trivia today as we do not have Brandon. Uh, We're going to move right on to the NFL. Um, You know, last week was a really weird week. Um, I want to just mention a couple quick results from last week, since we haven't got to talk about them. Obviously the chiefs game, the chiefs lost. And and Ben, I I'm I'm gonna say it here. I, I only was gambling for like a few months, basically, but I'm retiring. I, I'm done. <laughs> I'm I'm done gambling. Like I am just out because I put a same game parlay on the Chiefs. I had the Chiefs covering five and a half, the Chiefs have scored twenty seven points, and Kelsey anytime touchdown. And it did not hit. I thought it was I like, oh, easy money. Like this'll be a good bet. They're playing the Colts. Well, you the Colts play trash. Parlay. And yeah, I think Kelsey did score, but re- I don't remember. Okay. But regardless, it was it didn't hit. The Chiefs lost. They lost to the Colts. And if you were to tell me the Chiefs played, the Chiefs and Colts played a hundred times. I think this is the one and only time the Colts would beat them. I really do. I I just the the Chiefs are so much better than the Colts, and they somehow lost this game. I don't understand it. But that that's my only thought on this game is that I I'm retiring from gambling then.
1: I'm, I'm glad Trevor I mean I, I've not again and Brandon's not here to defend me but I've never been a big gambler Um, mainly because usually I just I'm so wrong about I mean gambling a lot of times like yes you can say it's educated guessing but to me it's just guessing I mean you're just guessing that the Chiefs are going to win by this many points you're guessing that they're going to score 27 points you're guessing that Travis Kelsey will score Um, and yes there are some people that like there's knowledge and a strategy to it but to me it's just guessing and I've, I've it's been very clear through many examples that I am so bad at predicting things in terms of sports I almost never get stuff right when I'm like, oh, there's no way this team loses; they always lose, or oh, I think this team might, you know, they they might, you know, sneak you win this week; they might upset someone; they lose by forty. So like, I've never been a big gambler, um, just because usually I'm way wrong about everything, and there's no point in just wasting my money. So, I'm glad that you're retiring from from gambling at least at the moment, Trevor. You never know though; sometimes there's some really good uh, some good values. There's some some parlays that you just can't turn down, Trevor. So give it some time. I think you'll be back on the saddle before you know it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And this, and so so to go to the next thing, this isn't a topic that I, I, I had on the like itinerary before the podcast, but on the spot, I just, I just thought about this because I think this is really interesting. The Philadelphia Eagles are the only undefeated team left in, in the NFL. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out like, okay, so the Eagles are the only undefeated team. How, how much longer will they be undefeated for? And I'm looking at their schedule. They play the Jaguars today at home. Then they go play at the Cardinals, home, Cowboys. Those are their next three games. And, and, you know, you go down the line, they have home Steelers, the Texans, Commanders, Colts. It isn't, like, a super difficult schedule. I mean, you Mm -hmm. could reasonably say, like, the Eagles can pick up a lot of wins here. Um, So, I don't know. What what do you think about that, Ben? I mean, do you think the Eagles, not that they're going to go undefeated, but, like... Could they get the one seed, at least? I mean, I think that's, like, reasonable, right? Like, do you think the Eagles might be able to get the one seed here?
1: So I think it always comes down to one thing. It comes down to the most important player on the field. It's your quarterback. If Justin Hurts can continue to play, um, or Jalen Hurts, excuse me. Can, I'm thinking of Justin Herbert. and Jalen Hurts continue to play as well as he's been playing, then absolutely they can they can make a run at this one seed. They can win 12, 13 games. Um, I'm not... I'm not a hater of Jalen Hurts, but I do think he's playing out of his mind. And hey, so we've seen players make this make a big step from one year to the next. He's in year three, but people expect him to get better. But this is a really big step from last year to this year. He's playing out of his mind. I mean, if he, if he can continue to play like this, then absolutely. I just don't know if he can. Um, I mean, it's very easy. It's very trendy to say that he's going to win the MVP this year. It's a long season. It's been three games. So I'm more hesitant to say, Wow, this is the Jalen Hurts that we're going to get all year. I'm more on the on the in the camp of he's just playing really well early in the season. He eventually will hit a game where he struggles. He might throw two or three picks. Maybe he'll go through a five-game stretch where he's thrown five, six interceptions. It happens. It's the NFL. Defenses are really, really good. They mix things up. You got to be be able to adapt on the fly. And again, he has the athletic ability. He's got everything that you want in terms of a quarterback in the year of 2022. He can run, he can throw, he can make something out of nothing. Um But I do think that it's the NFL. This is not going to be a cakewalk through this season. Even, like you said, just the next three games, Jags today, they're better than the Jags. But Jags, I mean, this is a sneaky good good game in terms of the Jags are better than people have thought that they were going to be at this point this year. And obviously, the Eagles are exceeding expectations. Um, At the Cardinals, I think you said, that's not an easy game. The Cardinals are not a bad team, and it's on the road. And then the Cowboys, you never know. Dax should be back by then um if they can if they can start six and zero, then then we'll start talking about what how great their record can be but let's just maybe take it one chunk at a time in terms of the season Trevor I like that you said the next three let's start looking at one chunk at a time if they can start managing different parts of the schedule um effectively throughout the year then maybe at the end of the season we'll start talking about Super Bowl chances but it's so early Justin Herbert or I, I keep saying Justin Herbert Jalen Hurts has played out of his mind if he can continue to do it Different story, but I don't know if he can. So it all comes down to, to the quarterback play. Um, we'll see, though. I mean, good, good for him. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for that team, even though their fans are annoying. Uh, it's nice to see the Eagles and not the Cowboys kind of be the story of that division for once.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, that'll be interesting to see. I just I was just looking at their schedule. I think it, it plays well for them. I don't think – I mean, there's a lot of Eagles hype. I'm not as high on them as other people are. But I do think their schedule plays well, which is why I, I brought up that they could potentially get the one seed. But uh, next thing uh, to talk about here, uh, your Bengals, Ben, they got the win yeah. on Thursday night. Uh, they yeah. beat the Dolphins 27-15. Um, now, obviously, the the headline here is the Tua injury, and we, and we could talk about mm-hmm. Tua injury. Uh, I also want to talk about the game. So I guess let's start with um, the Tua injury because— okay and the decision to play him, because to me, it didn't seem smart. It didn't seem like, you know, he went down on, in the previous game against the Bills, he he had, like, he got hit hard, and he got up, and you could see him, like, in that game against the Bills, like, he was kind of, like, woozy a little bit, and I think he stumbled a little bit. It was kind of weird. And then to play him in this game, I just, I, I didn't like the decision. I wouldn't have done it. And he gets hit again. There's another occurrence, and now... Obviously, the Dolphins are taking heat for this. I think, rightfully so. And I, I just really hope that Tua can have a have a good recovery here. I mean, we'll see. We, I mean, we'll. I don't know if we're actually going to find out truly what happened, like whether it's uh, like a mild concussion or whether it's something more serious, maybe a brain injury. I don't know if we're ever going to truly find out all the details to this. But uh, I guess, what are what are some of your thoughts on this? So, th-
1: th- there's been a lot of discourse and a lot of conversations online about what people think should have happened. I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm a doctor and I and I know brain injuries and I know any any injuries really. But um if we're being honest, like the dude probably shouldn't have played like you said, and I think that's most people understand that now. Now, if he didn't get hurt, I don't think people would be having this conversation. If he didn't get hurt, if nothing happened, people we would have never really thought of, oh, he shouldn't have played. Well, he yeah, he like, from the quarter and a half that he played, obviously he didn't look amazing, but he looked okay. Like, he looked like he was formidable enough to, to win the game possibly for him. Um, but because this injury happened and because of, one, how bad it looked and how gruesome it was and, and how, um, one, how often they, they showed the replay, but really just, just the way it happened. And then, and then, two, the fact that it happened on national TV where the only game the only NFL game on um, that night, I think that kind of blew it up to a, to a bigger level. I would love to know what happened after that or what happened in the locker room during that Bills game. After he, he stumbles, he falls down, he's taken into the locker room. I I I, will, I would put money on it, Trevor. We're talking about gambling. I'd bet that someday there's going to be some sort of like outside the lines news piece about or an E60 documentary about what happened in there because something did not go right in there. I mean, if you're claiming that's a back injury, again, I'm not going to act like I'm a doctor. I'm not. But from what I've seen on TV and what experts have said is that's a brain injury. I mean, the dude couldn't keep his balance. The dude clearly was hit. I mean, he, his head snapped back. He nailed his head on, on the turf when he got hit there in that bills game. So for you to say it's a back injury and maybe part of it was a back injury, but I think there was absolutely some sort of brain injury as well. Um, and if you're going to diagnose that as a brain injury, he, I don't think he would have been allowed to play in, in terms of four days later on Thursday night against the Bengals. So again, it's one of those things it could have been avoided, I think at some point, and the NFL has already said that they're going to make changes to this. They have to. I mean, they're under so much pressure now from from the, from the outside public, but also just the NFL Players Association. They already said they're going to make changes to this whole process. At some point, you have to take the decision out of the players' hands. Because, I mean, these are not only athletes, but they're the highest level athletes. They are very competitive people. They are some of the most competitive people. And that's part of the, that's part of the reason why they're as successful as they are, because they hate losing and they, they'll do whatever it takes to win. If Tua can play, if he can stand up and, and feels like he's not going to die on that field, he is going to play in that game. And at some point, I think if you're a doctor, you have to say. And it's hard when you're the franchise court when you're talking to the franchise quarterback who's having a fantastic year. It's hard to say no, you're not playing. But somebody probably should have said, "Dude, you're not playing. It is not safe for you to play. There is a very big risk for a greater injury to your health." Um, and again, sometimes it's hard to say that to. To a tonga Vailo, who's having a fantastic year, and people are already saying he could maybe win the MVP this year, and, and your team's undefeated, your team's looking like, you know, the most impressive team in the NFL. But at some point, you got to take that decision away from them, because as, as a competitor, as an athlete, you are going to play as long as you physically can. Um, I've obviously never had an injury like that, but I can tell you, like, I've been hit very hard in football. I've seen stars, and there's been times where I probably should have taken a playoff, but I'm not taking a playoff. No way I'm taking a playoff. Again, I'm not comparing myself to Tua to or to an NFL player. They hit very, very hard. These injuries happen. Um, but as a competitor, you don't want to leave that field unless you absolutely have to. So at some point, you got to say, dude, you're not playing. And I think that was a mistake made. Among many other mistakes made, um, I think the, the, the people allowing Tua to kind of take this into his own hands was probably not the right situation. If you're a medical professional, you know more than Tua does about his health. Um, maybe stand up to him and say that you're not playing. So again, I, obviously this was a huge conversation on Friday morning and, and this whole weekend. I don't know how long he's going to be out. I think at this point, it doesn't really matter how long he's going to be out. I hope his his physical body is okay. It seems like he's, he originally it, was, it seemed like he was a lot worse than what it actually is. But again, just a situation that probably could have been avoided if things were taken differently. Um, somebody's already been fired over it. I think the, the Miami Dolphins are under a lot of pressure now. I think this is going to be thoroughly investigated. There's going to be a lot of questions asked about this whole thing because um, it was scary. It wasn't fun to see, and I I hope it doesn't happen again to anyone, really.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was really just unfortunate. Hopefully, uh, you know, wish the best of Tua in his recovery. Uh, But with the the game now uh, in particular, because this game was very close. It was 15-14, Dolphins led, entering the fourth quarter. Uh, The Bengals kind of did have that really good drive uh, near the end where they took the lead. Um, you know, and then obviously, you know, we saw the the last touchdown as well. Um, I don't know. Like, I thought the Bengals looked looked decent. I don't think they look great by any means, but I thought you know they're they're making like small steps in the right direction, I guess. Uh, but you know, this is your favorite team, Ben. So, what did you take away from the Bengals uh, in this game?
1: I mean, it's a win's a win. Like they 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 beat an NFL team, and yes. Tua got hurt, but Teddy Bridgewater, I don't think, Tua wasn't playing fantastic, and I think Teddy Bridgewater played fine to where it wasn't a huge step down or a huge downgrade when Teddy came in. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater looked almost as good as what Tua was showing early in that game. Um, in terms of the Bengals, like, the Bengals offense looked great in the first quarter, good in the fourth quarter. The second and third quarters, they looked abysmal. It's a long season. I mean, again, it's hard to complain about a win, there are things that obviously that they need to fix. I think the bigger story is that their defense has been fantastic this year. Um, and I completely understand that they have not played in elite, like essentially an elite quarterback Tua is the closest thing to an elite quarterback they've played. And he was hurt um, even when he was in. So I get that. But I mean, I was impressed with the Bengals defense. I was Ron Bell had two in Uh in terms of the Bengals offense, their offensive line only gave up one sack to Joe Burrow, which is absolutely a miracle. Um, I couldn't tell you the last time I've watched Joe Burrow only get sacked one time in a game. And I think he only got hit or knocked down like three times. So big win on that aspect. Um, Joe Mixon's been a disaster this year. He's 26, which in running back age is ancient. I think he's just getting to a point where his, his body just can't do it anymore. He can't break tackles anymore. I mean, you, you go through one NFL season and your body is destroyed if you're running back. So he's, I mean, this is his sixth season in the NFL or fifth or whatever. Um, I just think he's he's getting old for running back, so it's hard to be upset. I mean, the Bengals have won two games since we last recorded a podcast. They're now two and two. Yeah, uh, we've already made it very clear that the NFC or the uh, AFC North is not fantastic. All the teams are kind of just decent, at least from what we've seen so far. The Ravens look like the best team, but they have a lot of injury issues. Um, so long season, a lot of games left. Still got 13 games left in the regular season, but it's a sign. It's a step in the right direction. Um, they have Bengals have a big game against the Ravens on Sunday Night Football next week, so I'm glad that they have ten days now to prepare for that. Um, again, it's hard it's hard to be that upset about a win. If they lost, I'd be it'd be a whole different story. But they beat a team that was undefeated. Um, we can just move on from from there in terms of that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It is a long season, so the Bengals have plenty of time, and and they are getting better. I mean, they're they're still two and two. Yeah, again, that's the, all you can ask for. Yeah, and again, there's only one de- there's only one undefeated team in the NFL, so it's like. No one's like ahead of anyone, really. Like, it's they're all in yeah. the same ballpark. Everyone, it's kind of been a lot of parity so far in this league. So, uh, let's check in on our SVP bets real quick. Uh, I guess we'll start with our bet, Ben. Uh, Joe Burrow, yeah. uh, you know, he, he's played one more game than Tom Brady now, uh, but he does have eight touchdown passes. Tom Brady only has three, so we'll see how many uh, Brady can get tonight against the Chiefs. Uh, hopefully a lot, uh, but we'll see. Uh, with your bet with Brandon. Um, it looks like Josh Allen has nine touchdown passes to Herbert's seven, so uh, you're you're in the lead on that one as well. And then with mine and Brandon's bet, uh, the Panthers and Lions are both one and two. They're both one and two. Brendan's very confident. He's very confident about the Lions he winning is. this He's bet. He's almost
1: too confident. He,
0: he basically declared that it was already over last week. He was like, you have no chance of winning this bet, Trevor. Uh, the, the Lions are way better than the Panthers. So we'll see, you know. I, I'm not I'm not saying that I have, again, Brandon can be super confident. I'll, I'll say I am not confident in the Panthers. However, they they have the same record. So we we will see what happens with that one. Um, last thing, you know, just to wrap up the podcast, best games for this week. And I think we got to go with the Sunday night game first bucks chiefs, uh, tonight. Um, it's going to be very interesting. The game in Tampa. Um, so, you know, even, even with the hurricane, um, which obviously, you know, hope that anyone, um, hope, hope that the recovery efforts are going well down there. Um, and you know, South central Florida. Um, but they are playing this game in Tampa. Um, and this game is interesting because the Bucks. I mean, I've I've watched the Bucks play every week. They certainly have issues. I'm I'm well aware of you know their issues. Their offensive line does not look super great. Uh, the receivers. Uh, <laughs> it's it's very dry as far as the receivers they have. Last week it was obviously uh, atrocious the receiver performances that we saw. Like. Tom Brady like played decently well. Like he played like about as well as you can play when your team scores 12 points. Like Tom Brady played fine. Like he wasn't bad by any means last week. It's just that the receivers, like, they can't get a lot of separation. And then you started to see when they started getting a little momentum. Like, okay, and like Brady's completing passes, they're driving down the field. Then Brashad Perriman catches the ball and he fumbles it. Another receiver fumbles it. Like, there were two wide receiver fumbles last week in that Packers game when the Bucs seemed like they were getting momentum. Um, you know, the defense still looks really good. The Bucks always have the defense to fall back on that. Um, and they are getting Mike Evans back today. So I think the Bucs are still in an all-right position. Again, their defense is arguably the best defense in the NFL. Uh, you know, you very well could say that. The offense definitely has some issues, but they have a lot of time to get them together. With the Chiefs, um, I think the Chiefs do look like the better team right now. Overall, I think their offense is definitely clicking better. Mahomes um, has had a pretty, pretty darn good start to the season so far, although it's not perfect. You know, they still have their own issues. Uh, Their defense has had issues here or there. And obviously, you know, we've seen that the offense isn't quite as uh explosive as it was with Tyree Kill. That would make sense, right? So, I think both of these teams have their own issues, but I'm really interested to see what happens tonight. I think this game's basically a toss-up. I mean, the Bucks are at home, um, but I think the Chiefs are a little bit better. So I'm very interested to see how this plays out. Um, for me, I'd be okay. Like, even if even if the Bucks lose this game, but, you know, we see a little bit clicking with the offense, like, that'd be a good... That'd be a pretty decent sign for the Bucs if they can at least put up... Like, just put up, like, 20 points at least. You know, get some good drives, get touchdowns, not field goals. Um, and then for the Chiefs, again, we'll have to see. Uh, this is the first time I'm going to get to watch like them uh, for an entire game, all 60 minutes. So that'll be interesting. But any thoughts on this game, Ben?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think obviously you have these two teams haven't haven't played in a while, but I think it should be a pretty good matchup. I mean, um, I will be interested to see how the Bucks play. I mean, Tom Brady hasn't looked fantastic this year. So, I, I mean, for your sake, Trevor, I, I guess he needs to throw, like, five touchdowns. But um, both teams are coming off their first loss this season, so it will be very interesting to see how they play in, in that aspect, obviously. Two teams that have very high expectations. Um, also, I mean, the the Bucs got – didn't they get moved to, like, Miami or something this week because of that hurricane? I think they got moved to Miami for a little bit. Um, so, that, I mean, yeah. they're professionals, but I do think that will have some sort of impact on their season – or on their, their game – just the fact that they were kind of uprooted for a couple days there. Um, I mean, NFL players and just athletes in general like routine, so when you mess up that routine, I think that will throw them off a little bit. So maybe they'll come out slow. I'm not saying that they're going to look terrible, but maybe their the first couple drives, they'll come they'll come out a little slow. Um, but I think they'll be fine in that aspect. Should be a good game. I mean, in terms of the Chiefs, again, coming off a loss last week. Patrick Mahomes, um, I would assume he'll, he'll play fine. Travis Kelsey, I'm going to be honest, on my fantasy team this year, not that anybody cares, but... I've, I've been expecting more from him this year. i I'm been kind of disappointed. He, only's got, he only has like one or two touchdowns through three games. I was thinking more like maybe 10 touchdowns through three games, and I haven't really seen that from him. So hopefully he's got a big game for me. Um, <laughs> last thing on the Bucks. I mean, obviously, like, the receivers were a disaster last week. Hopefully with Mike Evans back, it should be a little bit better. But, I mean, Tom Brady's still got his work cut out for him because this Bucks team, at least through three games, has not been as impressive, I think, as they have been in the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So so we'll see. I mean, again, like Godwin. I mean Godwin, Russell Gage, Julio Jones, all lists is questionable. I don't really think any of them are gonna play, but we don't we don't know for sure today. I haven't seen anything. I'm looking through the injury report as we speak. And uh yeah, I'm not I'm not seeing any new news on that after they were listed as questionable yesterday. So we'll have to see what happens with that. Um a couple other good games. We talked a little bit about the Eagles earlier. I think that Eagles Jags game could be really good. I mean the Jags obviously had the huge win against the Chargers last week. They're picking up the momentum. I think the Jaguars are going to win their division. I, I do. I think they're going to win the AFC South. Um, if you're going to win the AFC South, beating the Eagles would be a very— I mean, they already had an impressive win last week. If they could win again against the Eagles, that would be um, all the more impressive. So we'll see what happens with that one. The other uh, matchup is the Bills and Ravens. We talked about that one. I think those are the um, those are the three best games of the week. Uh, but Ben, any game in particular you wanted to mention, or you know maybe other other good games I did not talk about?
1: I mean, there's if we're being honest, there's a lot of gross games. I mean, I think you, I think the three that you said are are definitely the three best games. But there's some really gross games on here, Trevor. Like Jets Steelers is disgusting. Bears Giants is gross. Seahawks Lions is gross. Even Commanders Cowboys is gross. Browns Falcons not a great game. Um, so I think those three for sure. I guess the you know the Monday night game Rams Forty ers um with with Jimmy G back under center we'll see how the 49ers can play coming off their loss I believe last week to the Broncos. Um I will say Broncos Raiders is not a not a bad game. It's an AFC West matchup and we said mm-hmm. going into this year that pretty much any AFC West matchup is going to be a, a an interesting game at the very least. I mean the Raiders are fighting for their life. They're 0 and 3. The Broncos are 2 and 1 but they have not it's not an impressive 2 and 1 by any means. They beat the Texans, didn't look great. They beat the 49ers. Yeah, okay, whatever. They beat them at home. So I do think this this will be a good game um i'm looking at the line yeah vegas is a favorite in this game they're a two and a half point favorite I, I think it could be a good game i mean the raiders are fighting for their absolute life life here like i said i mean they go and four and their season is absolutely over the broncos are two and one but they're a garbage two and one they're gonna win maybe one more game the rest of this year because they're frauds so if we're doing nfl frauds <laughs> trevor broncos number one nathaniel hackett not impressed russell wilson bomb um but that should be an interesting game um Patriots Packers probably not Trevor. I'm sorry, but Patriots just aren't that good. Yeah, and Mac Jones is Mac out Jones for is however long, so just a lot of a lot of gross games. There are some fantastic games, but I think we sacrifice that with it's either a great game or it's a gross game this 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 uh, week. But it's the NFL; anything can happen. Who knows?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think um, <laughs> that's pretty much what this week is like. I mean, and we'll see again. We we've gotten a lot of parody so far, um, so we'll see if that continues again. Like. At this point, and and this this probably had the same thing I think happened last season, where it's just like oh I I I had this thought this is what I was thinking about this team or this team, and then and then after one week later you're just like actually now I feel completely different. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Again, our thoughts can be completely different next week compared to what they are this week. Uh, and I guess that's the that's the fun part about the NFL. It's a great league. Um, just last thing because Brandon will get mad
1: if we don't mention this. Um. That last bet that we all three kind of had together in terms of we all guessed the number of what was the average score for this n f l like what what was the average of you know points per game yeah um I don't even know how to, what what's the word the- sc- scoring average i guess for eh, per, just, just team, per team average per game yeah do you sure, have like, average number per average lot? per game of of points um i guess twenty two point two trevor guessed twenty two point four I think brandon was like twenty two point eight or something. After three weeks, the scoring average is 21.0. So it's very, very low. It's only three games, but it's very, very low at the moment. For my sake, I hope we can keep it under 22 um, because I'm the lowest one. But that's the last update there in terms of that last bet. Um, So I think we'll wrap it up there. And obviously, Trevor, another fantastic episode. Anytime we lose some dead weight, a.k.a. Brandon, it's always a fantastic episode. Um, I do hope he enjoys his game, though. It should be a fantastic game. But I'll wrap it up. I'll stop talking um as always make sure you um follow us on twitter at the small baller make sure you are you are uh subscribing to our podcast anywhere you find it leave a comment leave a five-star rating hopefully if you enjoyed me talking for a very long time this episode i feel like i talked a lot but that's okay um on i believe wednesday the aa team podcast with aaron and avery will come out as it does every week um they i i don't just say this i actually mean it i really enjoy that podcast i think they do a fantastic job I'm giving zero credit to Brandon, even though he kind of helps out with that podcast. It's all Aaron and Avery. Um, and then, again, next Sunday, we will, be, we will uh, be back, the three of us, myself, Trevor, and Brandon, to discuss um, Week 4 and the upcoming Week 5. But with that being said, thank you all so much for listening. And we will see you next time.
0: Go Falcons!